0: The following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys!
2: This, this, this is Talkin Cowboys, streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys
0: world headquarters
2: at the Star in Frisco.
0: Allen streaks in. Streaks in. Touchdown! touchdown. Allen has it. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And
2: now your hosts, Isaiah Standback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans.
3: It's a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live from the Star in Frisco, Texas, in the SWBC Studios. It is now officially Week Twelve of the NFL season, and we are going up against the Carolina, or excuse me, not the Carolina Panthers. Oh! They've already taken down the Carolina Panthers. Or beat the kitty cats. thirty-three to ten. Was that beat down? <laughs> I did. All right, did. Nate Newton. I did. I did. He called them the. The Carolina Kitties all week. That's it. Hey. That was all he called That's them. What all it. what he called them. That's what they ended up being. But they're taking on the Washington Commanders on Thursday, Thanksgiving showdown at AT&T Stadium. We've got Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda back in the building, Damn. Nick Harris, Chris Beam. First off, John, it's the first time you've gotten to see Nick Harris alive after his Friday show. Uh, what would you think? I know you were watching because you were texting Nick
4: in the middle of it. Um I was not surprised that he handled it as well as he did. Let's go! Thanks,
5: um, man. That's a real that's a real support uh, right there.
4: And did, went in thinking that it would be very entertaining from the, you know, hot sauce perspective. Did not think that the whipped cream would steal the show. Um, and I say that as a person who's probably watched, man, at least thirty, maybe more of those hot ones mm-hmm. uh, uh, interviews on YouTube. Uh, That you know they they go through that process of yeah eating I don't know eight ten wings and then Mm -hmm. the hot sauce keeps getting hotter and hotter and so watching those you've seen I've just seen so many different things that people have done whether it be drink beer water milk milkshakes ice cream whatever I've never seen the whipped cream (laughs) and somebody did that I'm like. (laughs) They need to incorporate that because it like it was a it, setup. Yeah, it was a setup. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but that was a setup. That, there you go. That was that was amazing. Isaiah wow. Isaiah told me <laughs> Good about law. it. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, Isaiah just, was like, "I'm going to get him some whipped cream," and I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Why?" I was like, well, "I've never heard of that." Same yeah, thing yeah. of what you're saying. I was like, "I've never heard of anybody using whipped cream before." And he's like, "Trust me." it's worth it i was like all right dude whatever nobody
6: you're not going to turn down whipped cream if it's sitting in front of your face and your
5: mouth is on fire yeah there's
6: no chance yeah yeah i've
5: already finished one of those bottles by the way did you oh yeah oh yeah that's good stuff okay i I also also
3: enjoyed that don't go
4: there stop (laughs) i also i also i I... tracks. i also enjoyed isaiah's isaiah's impression of me
3: you like that oh okay. god yeah
4: i, I was, was so cra- bad i was cracking up at that that was fun it's like that that's was good.
3: what john even sounds that was, that like was, i laughed that was oh funny. man no that was, was great
4: it lived up to the expectations and a lot of times when you build something up like that it doesn't but no that mm-hmm. was that was great man like i said the the whipped cream really took it took it over <laughs> the top there that was hilarious Oh, uh,
3: one one of my favorite episodes of all time if not my favorite god, episode go favorite. go back and watch it it's on youtube it's friday show it's
5: it's called coming in hot is uh is the name of the show so at what point were you back it? to 100% um goodness probably not until like a, 1 p.m. that day honestly yeah my uh, mouth oh that day you were fine yeah that day i was fine wow yeah good that for day you. was That's shocking but, like my, yes. my mouth it probably took a a good couple hours though like it was it was yeah so like you couldn't taste anything um i i could taste things it was just everything was hot mm. yeah everything like wow. the whipped cream was hot like it was yeah. just it was just a hot day for me <laughs> <laughs> hot day for me. Oh, fire hairs hot fire yeah hot yeah. fire
4: what were your thoughts on the game john uh, it's lot very similar to the giants game mm-hmm. um gotta say it's my first time that i've ever been at, at, a, at a game where um usually before games i don't sit in the press box i, I like to walk around especially if it's a stadium i haven't been to a bunch and I'm sitting there, and, I'm, and I see Jimmy Johnson's down there, and then I see that you tweet that there's a 12:40 press conference. I'm like, oh, I better get back up there. And I'm thinking, they're gonna really do this. Like 10 minutes before this game starts, so that was that was a stunner to me. Um, and honestly, I mean, had, I missed like the first three series because of that. I can't think of another game where I didn't watch the first three series, so I had to go back and watch those um, just because of that was going on at the time. So that was that's frankly will be the thing that I always remember from that game. And then on, on the field, they just. I don't know. Like just talking to some people that cover the Panthers. I just knew it wasn't going to be good for them. I mean, they're in a they're in a bad spot. Like every like the whole thing. It's not just on the field, it's off the field, coach, all that. Like they're not in a good spot there. So um it would have been bad if the Cowboys would have lost that game. And hey, when they cut it to seventeen ten, there was a little bit of that like leaning forward in your seat, like, are they gonna let them back into this game? Mm-hmm. And then uh I'd say my biggest takeaway on the field is probably just that how is Deron Bland continuing to do this? I mean, it's it's, it's one thing to get the interceptions. hey, that's, And that's impressive in itself. But to have four pick sixes in one season, I've um, been playing football for a long time, you know, and you look at the list of people that have done that, and it's not very long, and it's not like it just happens, oh, yeah, every three or four seasons you'll get one of these. It's very rare that that happens. And yeah. to think that how much time he's got to possibly get number five um, and I don't know why, but it just stands out more to me, just because just being around him over the last you know year and a half, he's just such a quiet dude, mm-hmm. doesn't really say much. And uh, for a guy that's making those type of plays at the cornerback position, usually you think of someone that would like you know have some dances and things like. And he's not like that at all. He's just completely like laid back, quiet, keeps to himself. And then after the game, I, I don't know. I think the thing that stood out to me, I kept thinking about, was just how you have this nucleus of him, Micah, and Trayvon Diggs that you can build on. I mean, they're all in their early twenties, uh, how big that that could be, you know, going forward on that side of the ball, just because of the time I've covered the Cowboys has mostly been very offensive driven. And yeah. now they got these key pieces on defense.
3: It really is crazy. Cause I mean, the list, like you said, it's four names and the last time it happened was 1983. This is yeah. the last time that somebody had four pick sixes in a season and we're 10 games in, uh, the, there's so much room left to, to work. And, if you if you even take away the four pick sixes, let's say he doesn't have a single pick six this season. He's still having a phenomenal year, fantastic year. But the fact that he's scored four touchdowns, which 10, day, 10 games into the season is more than Tony Pollard, it's more than Brandon Cooks, more than most of the key pieces – uh, it, not just in Dallas, but on the offensive side of the football in the NFL. Four touchdowns, is a that's a great year for anybody. And he's out there doing things like that, Isaiah.
6: Yeah, I mean, he's taking care of business. I actually went back and reviewed all of his interceptions last night. And, you know, I think there was only one that kind of fell into his lap outside yeah. of that. And He went and got every single one of them. So, I mean, he's making plays. He's not falling into plays. He's literally positioning himself, um, whether he's closing in on receivers, you know, from being two or three yards away. The ball gets released and then he closes that gap uh, by accelerating ridiculously fast um, or he's going up and high pointing the ball <clears throat> or he's just being Johnny on the spot no matter what it is he's just he's playing really good ball right now um, you know but even aside from the aside from the turnovers this dude's coverage is, is at the top of the league right now so that's the thing that people need to spend more attention on as well obviously the takeaways is awesome we did the same thing with Trayvon and um, and DB last year when they had those takeaways, but their consistent actual defense uh, against receivers, game in and game out, outside of turnovers, is something that he needs to be
4: praised for. What has impressed you most? Like, let's just take the one uh, from Sunday because the way that it, that route starts, he's kind of behind a little bit, yes. And so there's a part of me where I'm kind of like. Is the closing speed the most impressive thing? Is it the Mm -hmm. the ability to to get back to his feet and then run back down the field? Like, What do you think? What stood out most to you? Closing speed. I mean,
6: three yards. So he was beat by alignment is purely off the ball right nothing he can do about that he lined up outside the receiver the receiver decides to run a shallow route you know going away from where he is so right off the back he's losing on the route okay the receiver goes all the way across the receiver made the mistake of going of drifting upfield it's something that they are very adamant about teaching receivers when you're running a shallow route or a drive route or anything across the formation you stay flat right so say if i'm running down a 20 yard line you want to stay across the 20 yard line and maybe even come down Heel. <clears throat> you never want to drift upfield because it allows that defensive back the sl- the slight opportunity to sl- come underneath your your route now. And that's exactly what De'Ron Bland did. That receiver started drifting upfield maybe about a yard or two, not even two, maybe about a yard upfield. And that little bit of an angle up allowed De'Ron Bland. He came flat the entire time, and he accelerated, took that ball straight out of it, tumbled, got up, did the twinkle toes, and kept it going.
4: <laughs> I will say this. um and and you, and maybe you guys will disagree with me on this, but the effort of that wide receiver just was so indicative of where I think the Carolina Panthers are at. Like it it's just like it's it's weird, but I'm just saying, like, just covering football, there's like things like that that'll that happen that you can just tell, like, yeah, stuff's probably not going well over there. Yeah. Like without I'm just saying you didn't get to know them I'm not even gonna tell you what the records of the two teams are. Just just watch this play real quick. Like what do you who do you think's having a good season? Whatever. <clears throat> just like the whole way that and then I also thought it from our perspective, like, man, we would be Certainly criticizing that That effort, or, effort, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like yeah. Just, I mean, that's,
6: that's what I'm talking about when we're, when we're sitting up here, and I'm saying, you know, somebody's like, oh, well, this player's on or off, or <clears throat> these guys, you know, lost to this team. I'm like, players literally have the ability <laughs> to turn it off, yeah. turn it on. And if your season's not going well, guys are getting the same check regardless. People yep. don't like to hear that. Right. But it's, everybody has a day where they go into work and they kind of check a box. Is that saying yeah. That's something that you're proud of. But everybody has those days. Recheck a box. When you're losing and you're a losing team and you're playing a game that can literally mess up your physical well-being, you're not doing anything extra. If things are, are in shambles, you're like, OK, I'm doing my job, doing my job. Oh, that happened. Oh, well, well, phew. it's not going to change anything. Yeah. You know, that's that's I, that's your natural instinct for most guys. It's just like oh, for what? You know, if your coaching staff is messed up, if you're having issues with your coaches, if the front office is trash, if the training staff is out there, you know, doing some you know shenanigans on the back, and there's a whole lot of things that go on within a a professional football organization that will lead players to turn the switch off.
3: And when things aren't going well, it's easier easier um, than not just to keep it off. Is that indicative of bad coaching? The fact that players, I mean, I know players will naturally do that, but isn't a coach's job to Make sure they're in that. Yeah, position. I
6: mean, but if you don't care for your coach, hmm. well, I'm then not what? I'm not giving no
4: extra effort. Or if yeah. you know that your coach isn't going to be there that long, like Facts. you got a three, four year deal, you're like this, my guy's yeah. not going to be here for another six games. Yep. He'll probably be gone. Now, like, with what?
6: Yeah. now with times where you will see guys effort up higher, and I, I know what I'm saying, people don't want to hear, but I'm just telling you the truth. Okay, that's just it's what behind it is. the scenes, yeah. Yeah, behind yeah. the scenes. So if somebody's in their contract year, oh, you don't get the hustle. Yeah. You're going to get the Kung Fu Hustle because now all of a sudden everything I do is on film and you need to see it and I need to make sure I have all positive plays. Just call it the Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle, baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. I don't
4: know, for me, and I think probably I think a lot of Cowboys fans would feel the same way, is that on, on a Cowboys team that gets so much of a spotlight on it, there is one if things are going badly and if you do something wrong, like we'll just use the Carolina Panthers as an example because mm. they just play them. All right. We were talking about this in the press box. <laughs> 2020? Yeah. One of the highlights of 2020, which is a low light, mm-hmm. is Xavier Woods doing the Zoom interview saying about how, like, well, you're not going to go out there and make every play. Yeah. Hey, say that for the Carolina Panthers. We won't even know about it. That no. thing led SportsCenter when he did yeah, that. Yeah, it did. I will never forget that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just something like that. But, like, the Cowboys, so on one side, it's, it's magnified. The other is when things are going well— why wouldn't you want to be part of like the Cowboys team that finally won a Super Bowl after twenty-seven plus oh, yeah. whatever years? So there's <laughs> it just is a little bit different yep. with the Cowboys because if you do some of that stuff, it's gonna be the major talk, talking point like for the next couple of days nationally. Not just oh, locally,
3: they'll be so. household names if they ever get it done, and they're already household names because they're part of the Dallas Cowboys. But even more so yeah. than what what it is now, it'd be unbelievable the the amount of attention that's already on this team if
4: they are the ones that finally end that drought. That's, I don't even know. That's I mean, that year, that 2020 year, because we, you know, it was during the pandemic, so we did all those Zoom interviews. Yep. I'm telling you, two of my biggest takeaways that are, not takeaways, memories from 2020 are literally the like Xavier Woods saying that on the call, and then the defensive coordinator getting hot sauce in his eye. Again, oh, uh, that was like a thing that was like led SportsCenter.
5: <laughs> don't worry about me.
3: <laughs> you, you didn't uh, You didn't lead SportsCenter. No,
5: nah, nah, no, not this time. I want to backtrack real quick. Which of Bland's interceptions do you think, Landed in his lap. Was it the Rams one or the Giants one where Trayvon lopped it up? Yeah, to it was him? a Trayvon. Trayvon yeah, one. Trayvon I feel like right the Rams there. one was kind of given to him too. I mean, it was a bad bad decision, but he went up in high
4: point and got it right. The,
5: it was like super oh, underthrown and it just it, went right yeah. into his.
4: Yeah, from yeah Stafford threw out into the flat. And it was super he just underthrown, thrown right away right there. Yeah. I mean, it was it was good instincts,
5: yes, but I, it kind of fell. So even on even on, so, I was just curious which no, one
6: no, you so were talking about. So even on that one, I watched that one last night as well. Even on that one, he was in position and he still had to cut and make, go make a play on it, right? Okay. Yeah. The the <laughs> one while on Trayvon Trayvon made the Trayvon hit on, hit him. He hit yeah. he hit yeah. Saquon Barkley. The ball popped up. Yeah. They were playing zone, and it just landed in his lap. Right. Yeah. So okay, that was more you. so like the one that he kind of fell into it. Still was in position, all that kind of jazz, but. That was the one that I say he didn't have to work for all the other ones he went and got himself.
4: The thing I keep thinking about, too, is that, okay, so what point does it get where quarterbacks will stop testing a guy? And then I just think of, well, if you have him on one side and then, you know, digs on the other when he's healthy, like, well, you're going to still have to throw to somebody like you're going to have to target somebody. Like, I, you can't just not throw to one side. It's one thing when it's like that year with, like, when the Jets went out and got Darrell Revis. you're just like, well, don't throw over to Revis's side. You know, do something. And I think they had Cromartie on the other side or whatever. So yes, it was sure. terrible. But I'm just saying, like, it was like, all right, just don't, don't throw to, you're to gonna Rivas, throw. You're not going to throw you know? to yeah. But now, if you got two guys like that, w- what are you going to do? And then you have Micah Rush and the passer and everything that comes with that, all the extra attention and stuff like that. I mean, the Cowboys are in a good spot defensively going forward.
3: Yeah, it's really exciting to see. In, 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 there's guys stepping up every week, but Durant playing, man. It's it's really cool to see what he's doing. Real quickly, before we take our first break, do we have any news and notes?
5: Yeah, we'll just uh, address the injury report that came out of yesterday. Since it is a short week, there are three practice days. Um, you know, how typically Tuesday, uh, typically Mondays and Tuesdays are kind of slow around here. Mm-hmm. Not the case this week. Um, they uh, The uh, Cowboys had a practice walkthrough yesterday, so they released a, an injury report, kind of an estimation had they had a full practice. And there were a few guys that did not practice, or a couple of guys that did not practice. Rico Dowdle with his ankle injury that almost kept him out of the game on Sunday, but he ended up playing. Uh, he did not practice yesterday with that same ankle injury. Jaron Curse with a back injury uh, did not practice. C.D. Lamb with an ankle injury was limited, and Terrence Steele with an ankle injury was limited. And then Kevante Turpin, Osa Digizua, and uh, Peyton Hendershot were all full participants. Uh, we were able to ask Mike McCarthy about the concern level about C.D. Lamb and Jaron yesterday. He said, quote, there's not a high concern, so... Uh, looks Good. like those uh, – by the sound of that, it sounds like there's confidence in Thursday, but uh, nothing's a given just yet. In dog is full, huh? Yeah, so he's been full ever since he's he's been brought back, or since his practice window has been open. That was another question that was asked yesterday. Um, it's still kind of up in the air if he gets activated before Thursday. He's because got one he gets... more week, right? Yeah. Or Does he have to go yeah. to the
3: end of the week and then he has to be on the active roster?
5: I think he can uh, miss these next two games, but then the Monday after the uh, Seahawks game, he would have to be activated. Got I it. Think, I think that's that's 21 the, end of the days. 20, 21 yeah. days. But um, but yeah, he doesn't have to be activated ahead of the commanders game because they would have to make room for him too. That's mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing.
3: He's seeing these tight ends getting <clears throat> these receptions. Schoonmaker, Ferguson,
5: Hindershot. He's the I think he's the best
6: playmaking tight end on the roster. As a pass catcher? Yeah, as a pass catcher. Yeah, and a route runner. I think he's the best at that. He just hasn't shown it. I mean, we've seen it in practice. Yeah, he hasn't been he, hurt. Yeah, but I'm saying, but we've seen it right behind the yeah. scenes. We've seen it. We've seen what he's capable of doing. The fans necessarily haven't
3: seen a whole lot, but we know what he's capable of. He just has to bring it to the field. I will say, I was thinking about it the other day, just with the excitement on on the defensive side of the ball of the young pieces that are starting to step up. I still wish DeMarvian Overshone was in that mm. on that defensive side, and then off offensively, John Stevens. Those were two guys that oh, yeah, flashed in training morning. camp, yeah. Yeah. and both of those guys would have been so fun. Just in their respective positions and didn't get a chance to see it this year.
6: A lot of talent that's not on this roster right now, quote-unquote roster.
5: I blame you because they got hurt in Seattle.
3: Mm, Both of them. I blame you.
5: See what he did there? I did.
3: I thought I was going
6: to get some of that next week. I'm getting that this week?
3: We can start it early.
5: You're wearing the Kraken hoodie. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to wear Seattle. Did they win last
3: night?
5: You know, probably. Probably? (laughs) He does not even know. The Stars (laughs) won last night.
3: (laughs) Stars put up six unanswered goals last night against the New York Rangers. That's cool. That's cool. How many wins you guys got? Early in the season. We'll see you guys in the playoffs again. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if you'll make it there. All right, when we come back here (laughs) on Talking Cowboys, it's a Talking Tuesday. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. If you don't want to give us a call, you can text us at 817-290-3298. We're going to talk to the fans when we come back right after this.
2: Call me now. app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply, member FDIC.
0: Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
3: Back here on Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got some texts on the text line so far, and then we've got a couple callers to get to, 888-855-2297. The first one is from the 214, no, 210, where'd it go? All of these just disappeared on me. I got you. 214, there it is. Uh, Throws it all the way back to a conversation we had previously. He said the hot sauce segment, he should. We should make it a, a, a weekly thing. I, I don't know if uh, any of us are up for a weekly segment nah. like that one. Um,
4: <laughs> you think I'm down with that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> John's got it. Uh, but he, he went back to an old conversation about the ends of the bread. Oh, a good conversation. Ends of the bread. He said it goes in the trash. Wow. Yeah, I disagree, man. What? Nah, the like, ends like of the bread. bread,
5: like bread crust. Yeah, basically. like the
3: the end the of the end, bread. Yeah. The,
5: I actually, pass that question. Oh, I'll call oh, it the I booty bread. Like, I passed
3: that question along to social this year, and they asked the players. Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, so we're talking like in a loaf of bread. In a loaf of a in bread, a loaf of bread like uh, at the, top at the of end, a end of, last, of Yeah, yes. top and the bottom of the last piece. Okay, I, I, that's I,
4: always going in the garbage. I'm sorry. No, I'm not eating that. I what? Will, I will eat it. No,
6: come from privilege.
4: I will, I will eat it. But my dog
5: loves bread. Like that is his thing. He is like he flips out over bread. So I give him the end of the bread. I, that, that's the one. What a
4: treat for him, bro. Oh, hey, he flips what a treat. out. He
5: flips bro, out. This, what this, are you this,
4: doing this, with this end of the bread? Shut up to hunch yeah, out. So Making a sandwich? Yeah.
6: I'm a peanut butter and jelly guy. Okay? okay. So if I have three pieces left of the loaf, okay, okay, I grab the regular piece, regular piece, and then you have the end cap, okay? Booty bread, end yeah. cap, whatever you want to call it. Right. I'm making it a, a triple layer.
4: Mm-hmm. That's a trifecta. Mean, I guess where I'm coming from is... That's not getting tossed. Okay. But... <laughs> Are you ever grabbing that first? Like, oh, oh, this guy wants the end piece. No, no, pieces. it's definitely I'm last. Get one one of those the those last, it's so last. It's last resort. No, you okay, definitely okay. bypass. Oh, right. Yeah, you bypass Just the end, okay. end cap at first. Okay. But but when it comes down to
6: that last one, if there are three pieces of bread, two full pieces, in the end cap, oh, I'm making a three,
4: a three uh, okay. part sandwich. Okay, I can see that. All it's right, call to something else. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that I get what you're saying yeah. I thought you meant like you're going for that because it's like your favorite part I'm just yeah. like, nobody's going for that yeah.
5: I'll do the end pieces and make like a shrimp yeah, sandwich, a sandwich there I'll you mean. go yeah. that's yeah. what I'm talking about yeah. Yeah. you see this privilege right here he passes on it <laughs> You know what I'm I mean, now I give it to my dog, but yeah,
3: oh. a dog is the privilege. Now, a
5: dog is the privilege. Uh, from Kyle, the nine two five, boy,
3: this Kyle. would you? If you, had I just pieces. said I would make a okay, sandwich. Yes. The three pieces. I do make sandwiches. you kidding me, yeah. Nice. No, stop. <laughs> All Thank right, nine two five says Landry has a hat in the ring of honor. Has a hat yes. like his
4: yes, his does. fedora. <clears throat> it's awesome. Uh, what is Jimmy Johnson's symbol going to be? I'll tell you right now. When I was sitting at that press conference, here, there's multiple times where I looked at him. and I was like, I can't believe that his hair still looks like that. <laughs> amazing. But it looks the exact same. It's amazing. Day when he was, yeah, that, I mean, if there was something with Jimmy, it would have to be his hair. I mean, I, just I think, think about when awesome. they won that first Super Bowl. What did Emmett do? He messed up Jimmy's yep. hair. You know, it was like, oh, hey, we're gonna mess up his hair. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's hair for me in sports. I guess for coaches, I don't know. Like, I put it up there with like kind of like. Pat Riley was another one. Like when they won, people Damn would right. want to like Slug mess Joe. up his hair, you know? Damn right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go Pat. And there's probably some other ones I'm forgetting, but it would have to be his hair. That's yeah. what I was thinking.
5: Um, so Tech Shram has a star. It wouldn't surprise me if they just put a star. Just put a star. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way, oh, there's no way. Maybe
4: a whistle. There's no way they Maybe here would be awesome. There's no way they're just putting yeah, a little piece. Here would like, be awesome. Like like the Lego hair. Like yeah, just like just, they're just putting the hair like <laughs> next to the name. There's no way they're doing that. I, I would love They just love put it like that. over his name, like oh, a that'd be awesome. Like a toupee. Though. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in now. <laughs> uh,
3: Doug from Florida wanted to remind <laughs> Isaiah that the Kraken lost in overtime yesterday. Had the lead with four minutes left to go in the third and lost it. Mm. It's okay, yeah, okay, so there, there you
6: go.
5: We gotta have that. on Yeah, whatever. The Kraken could be zero eighteen right. Right now, and I don't think I don't think Isaiah would. Isaiah would fair.
3: have no clue. Go crack as a T-shirt fan. <laughs> Go Seattle Sonic's baby. <laughs> uh, Mike from Boston. This is a this is a good question. How concerned are you with our slot corner situation right now? With with Jordan Lewis seems to be a step behind. Is what he says. His ability to stay healthy worries uh, worries Mike. Uh, Who would be the next corner up if you were able to need a cornerback? He said, Happy Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving.
5: Um, Yeah, let me start on this one because I actually had a conversation with uh, Zach Wolchuk from the fan about this last night. It's funny, he
3: texted me last night about it About the
5: same exact thing? Uh. That's funny. Um, Yeah, we had a conversation about it just because I had had written um, after the Panthers game that Jordan Lewis is starting to stack some really good reps, and he's had a couple of good games. I'm not sitting here saying that he is – I'm not sitting here saying that he hasn't had bad stretches of this season, because he has. I think he started the season really poorly. Uh, but if you factor in the fact of him having to come off this rehab for so long, not getting training camp, uh, not getting those first few practices of the season, and then just having to jump into the year, um, it was always going to take him a while to get to get back to used to playing football. Uh, I think he's to that point now. Like I, basically, what I wrote in Sunday uh, Sunday's call or column, whatever you want to say, is that I, I feel like he is back to where he he wants to be. I think if you would ask him, be like, okay, I'm probably pretty comfortable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the one drive that sticks out to me from the Carolina game was the one where they drove eight minutes down the field in 17 plays and three fourth down conversions and the five adam thielen receptions and three of them were on on jordan lewis um yeah he got beat a couple times on that drive but if you look aside from that drive uh, he was stacking some really good reps he stacked good reps against the giants and he did it against the rams as well against that really talented receiver group so uh, jordan lewis is continuing to be highlighted every single week based on the slot matchups that these uh these cowboys have had to face recently and i think in the last Three weeks coming off the buy, he's done a better job than he did before the buy. That being said, um, you know if, if he if there's not any more improvement from this exact point, then I still think there's something that needs to be figured out at the slot going forward.
4: So you're trying to bring back Kelvin Joseph? <laughs> yeah, he, he did said. already say Sorry, that. You don't, have to, you don't have to bring. Oh well, yeah, you did. Actually. He did say that. I still stand
5: on it. Bring back Kelvin Joseph. Need corner depth. Need gunner depth.
4: Let's go. Uh, next up would probably be <laughs> Mukwamu. Yeah, it, probably. I don't think they're moving. Izzy, Ron Bland they're back not inside. Moving. Why not It
5: would be Izzy or Oneye Thomas in my opinion. Yeah. And I would like to see either of those guys get a shot. But the thing is, it, bring back Gilmore and let Bland work in the slot um, for another one or two years. Like I, I'd be completely okay with that. Yeah. Mm. I'd be completely okay with that.
3: Okay. Anything on Jordan?
6: <laughs> uh, you can't expect Jay Lou to be old J. Lou right off the bat after that <clears throat> injury that he sustained. That's just, I talk about injuries and overcoming them all the time. It's going to take some time for him to come back to be full strength, just like it's going to take some time for Terrence Steele to be Terrence Steele. If you give Terrence Steele grace, please give Jordan Lewis grace. These are these are real injuries that are hard to overcome. These guys are out here fully capable of making plays and doing their job. It's just, there's going to be times where they still question their abilities and question their response, their body's response to things. Let them go through those growing pains. You're yeah. winning ball games. It's not killing you. Yeah. Um, They will be there when you need them.
5: Yeah, I agree.
3: Sean from Austin said, "Missed the first part of the show." Did John see the hot sauce bet payoff? You guys are (laughs) awesome. Love the podcast. He did, and we talked about it. Go back and watch it, uh, Sean. You'll you'll get caught up. You'll like you'll like John's answer. Uh, Dan from Philly says the end pieces are great for grilled cheese. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, Kent in Las Cruces says for Jimmy, they need to add a can of super hold hairspray. <laughs> yeah. Just bring the, the hairspray. In. That's cool. We've got some more Cowboys questions to hit, but first let's go to Seth in New York. You're on talking Cowboys. Seth, what's going on?
5: Good morning guys. How are you?
3: Great. How are you? What's on your mind?
0: Uh, so I got a question and my question is basically, I'm going to give you guys four names. Who would you rather have starting a franchise? Mm-hmm.
5: Jack Prescott. Josh Allen, Tua Tunga-Vailoa,
0: Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to throw in Patrick Mahomes because we just saw Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes last night, and I have feelings.
3: Okay. All right, so there's the five five names. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate the call. Five names. I mean, it was going to be tough before the Mahomes was added in there. Yeah, I think Mahomes would be the easy pick for me. Yes. Same. But so let's take let's take him out of homes. there. Let's uh, he said original four names. So let's go with the four names. It was Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Tua Tungavaleo. Okay.
5: Mm. Who am I starting a franchise with today? Today. <coughs> Why don't y'all <I> go first? Hurts. <laughs> yes, Jalen Hurts. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be the you, first. You one want to say you want Jalen Hurts? No problem. Be the first guy. Yeah. And no,
6: Hurts, he has more physical capabilities than any of those other guys.
3: Mm, he doesn't have a stronger arm than Are you, Three of those guys. There's
6: not a throw that you feel like he misses. He has full ability to utilize his legs,
3: and he's willing to use his legs. I also think he's skinned yeah. up the right
5: way. It was hurts to address anybody. Dak
4: Prescott. Dak. Oh yeah, Dak. that's right. Um, I would go to. I would probably say hurts right now, just because of the season Josh Allen's having. Before the season, I would have said Josh Allen. I probably would have too. Um, Dak. Injuries, age, or start start factoring, but then I feel that way. It's coming with hurts too. I mean, he's not going to play like that five years from now. He might not play like that two years from now. They said they said start your franchise with yeah. yeah. but the, but yeah, yeah mine. But when I'm looking at who I'm starting my franchise with, I'm looking not just for this year. I'm looking down the for way the next. I mean, quarterback. You should be looking at ten years. Sure. Oh, you shouldn't with one of those top quarterbacks in today's game where every, every, t- every tough tackle there is is taken out of the game to make the, them – the, the game is designed for your franchise quarterbacks to play 15 years in this league. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have played 10 years in this league mm-hmm. already. That should be your goal. What if, are you saying? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not
6: expecting anybody to play five years in this league really i'm not counting five? i'm not counting on 10
3: years ten. definitely that's, not counting i'm looking at five years down the quarterback position that's the expectation yeah, that's, that's cool for you guys that's but not me i know but i mean I it's, like it's not realistic <laughs> yeah. but that's what you have to do from a franchise standpoint cuz you can't say okay let's press pause on this thing for 5 years and then maybe 5 years down the line then we'll give them a realistic opportunity to make it no you put your your chips to the middle of the table with your quarterback position. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, you've got to try it again. This
5: is season number That's how eight it goes. with Dak Prescott. That's awesome. He's going to make it 10 years. He is. There's two attack of Aloha, we're talking about He's going to make it 10 years. We're talking about Patrick starting Mahomes, a franchise. He's make t- exactly.
6: Yeah, we're about, they, we don't have to have the same you know perspective. I, I personally am not <laughs> expecting any player to last 10 years. I'm not relying on a player to have a 10-year career in one spot.
4: Wow. So you're not relying on Patrick Mahomes? That the, guy he's for all years. I keep thinking about when he's saying this. I'm like, saying, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not putting all chips. Yes. <laughs> he might I'm play still, some of his listen, best ball in year 13, listen, 14, I'm
6: drafting people to be in position should something happen before 10 years. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not, again, but my, that's my, nice. my outlook is five years.
5: Then that's that's not. A,
3: that's not a franchise quarterback.
5: Exactly, because if you're a GM and you're like, okay, I can pick anybody to have a franchise quarterback. Longevity might be like number two on the list of things I would need. One yeah. talent, two longevity, and with that, I take Mahomes.
4: <laughs> yeah, that, that's not even close. To yeah, me. it's Mahomes and it's Wait, not Aaron
5: Rodgers. He's in like season eighteen or nineteen. <laughs> that's, that's, Mahomes, yeah. again, Mahomes is the only competition I, ever
6: is Tom I Brady. am <laughs> not ever. Pl- planning on anybody okay. lasting All ten right. years. If that's, it
4: happens, awesome.
6: But I'm not putting all my chips and relying on one person to
4: last me 10 years. Yeah, her- now 10 years ago, I would agree with yeah. you. But the way that the game is now, I mean, they're making it so that these guys aren't going to get major or <clears throat> shouldn't get major hits and things yeah. like that. I mean, they want to be as safe as possible because, let's be honest, it's. It's the best for the league if that happens. It's the best for the league if Joe Montana plays 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the best for the league if Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, these guys, play 15, 20 years. Yeah, and play at a high level right. through that time.
3: Uh, Hertz and Tua are both 25. Those would probably be my two picks there just because they are younger and we're talking about durability, longevity between the two. I know Tua's probably had some injury history, so I'd probably say Hurts out of the four that we took Patrick Mahomes out of the mm-hmm. conversation. Um, if if they were the same age, if the, if Dak Prescott was still 25 and I'm starting a franchise today, I would probably pick Dak. But just not right now. Not, not at this point where the ages do line up. Uh, all right, we've got – we're going across the pond this time around. We've got Reggie in Germany. You're on Talking Cowboys. Reggie, what's going on?
0: Hey, what's up, guys? How you all doing? It's Doing great. On? All right, first I just wanna wish all of you guys a wonderful Thanksgiving Thanks. with the family. Um, uh, hope you have a wonderful time. We don't celebrate it over here, that's mm. a bummer. Mm. Um, that's my favorite holiday and I really miss my family on that day. But um I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Well Appreciate thank you very much, it. Reggie. You. Um secondly, I wanna put um I wanna extend that conversation you were having on um our injured players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking about um Moshan, um I'm sorry, I can always get his name screwed up. Um, our linebacker. Um DeMarvian um, Overshown. Overshown, that's mm. right. overshone and um Hendershot and um a couple other guys that that that'll be returning mm-hmm. shortly. Um the question is we've already got a really talented team. We were discussing that. So when they come back, who has to go? Somebody has to leave. Good How would you guys handle that?
3: Yeah, yeah, appreciate the question, Reggie. Appreciate the call. Two good questions today. So who's the odd man out, out of that group of, of players? Hendershot, Stevens, we'll throw him in there since we talked about him earlier. Is it, Who's the odd man out? Or who on the roster has to leave? Or, yeah, or when those guys come back at some point <laughs> yeah, down we, the line. Yeah, I think we addressed that a couple of days ago um, in terms
6: of who would have to be the guy that leaves. And I think we all kind of settled on Billy Amafahoko,
3: if I remember correctly.
5: Yeah, and then he did.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put him on IR. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Yep. So Okay, yeah. but hold on, I um, guess I'm
4: lost on this. Um with Stevens and Overshone though, then they're not coming back. I
3: think I think he was referring to the injured players this year. I think I misunderstood.
4: Oh, he was okay. referring
3: to guys this year that are gonna return back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, talking yeah. about uh Hendershot. Like yeah. when Hendershot oh. comes back, who's mm-hmm. the odd man yeah, out? Yeah, it, yeah. So maybe at the tight end position. They, I would say Sean McEwen, but
5: mm. is Hendershot the only one that would come back that's on IR right now? <laughs> I can double I check. Believe that. So. Yeah, I, right. I, I believe so. Yeah, I think you're right. I believe so. Yeah, I think everybody else is out. Depending
6: for it. on what position, mean, yeah, I mean, so depending on what position, obviously Hendershot would probably be the the guy that comes back, and then yep. at that point, Sean McKeon <clears throat> would have to step away. Um, if it was another position group, then I think you probably get rid of uh, Deuce Vaughn, unfortunately.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because if you look at guys that have been inactive consistently, especially as of as of late, guys that really haven't contributed in big time moments, it Deuce Vaughn would probably be the first one that jumps to. Well, Borg. Borg's,
3: Eric Scott Jr. Jalen Brooks,
5: Jaylen Brooks is, has been awesome. He's been contributing special teams for sure. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah, like
6: depending yeah. on the position, right? I mean, you're not using all those receivers right now. I think right they
5: would now. take Eganogany before Brooks. Yeah.
3: and I think they would take, I think they would take Vaughn before they take um, uh, Eric Scott Jr.
5: Eric oh, Scott yeah. Jr.
3: is on that conversation as well because he yeah. hasn't been active really at all. <clears throat> special teams, regular, doesn't matter. Who's I mean,
4: the least likely to get picked up by another team? Oh, it's, it's not Deuce Eric Scott. Vaughn. It's definitely not Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is getting somebody's going to somebody. pick him up. Yeah, I'm not saying that that necessarily is where he'll be and whatever, but I'm just saying I I can see someone picking him up.
3: Yeah, I'm looking CJ Goodwin. He he'll probably come back off of IR. Probably
4: not. No, you not don't this think year. so? He's
3: no, done? No, not. No. Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that storyline. Uh, is Let's go out for the year? The year? He could be. Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's about it, right? Yeah. So, All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we'll keep taking your phone calls, answering the text messages. Keep the good questions flowing. We've had some good ones today already. 888-855-2297. More Talking Cowboys right after this.
2: Back to Talking Cowboys.
3: Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, we've got John Machota, say stand back. Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Chris Beam in the back. Mike from Maryland. He provided us a statement on the text line. He said, "With all praise, the secondary is getting, and glad to see them balling out. More love needs to be given and shown to cornerback coach Al Harris for the incredible job he's been doing with this group, and I completely agree. agree. Completely agree. He's a dude.
5: You know, he's my uncle, right? Mm -mm. I'm joking.
3: (laughs)
6: No, he's a dude. Uh, Nick Harris, (laughs) Al Harris. Yeah, I think it's not an accident." The position groups that are that are rising mm. on this team. When you think about the tight end group with Linda Wells, doesn't matter who goes in that room, somebody always always pops out as a primary contributor to this team. Now you're seeing it at the cornerback position, doesn't matter who goes in that room, somebody outside of your high draft picks pops up as a primary contributor to this team. It's a testament to this coaching staff. It's a testament to the front office for getting these guys and putting them on staff and taking care of them financially so they don't go jump ship. Um, They have a solid staff, man. They really do have a solid staff. Um, There were some hard decisions that were made last year Mm -hmm. where some really good coaches had to leave. Um, But I think the guys that are in place and have been in place, you're starting to see – the benefits and the payoff, right? You're starting to see the upside of keeping these guys in place and allowing them to develop this talent. I'm, I'm one with it 100%.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, two five three. Oh, this is Maurice McC- McCray from Tacoma, Washington.
4: What's up, Snakey
3: Town, Tag Town? Uh, longtime listener. I was say
4: the same thing, Sorry.
3: <laughs> the exact same thing. Took it right out of John's uh, vocabulary. My question is that I would like to see Sam Williams out there more often, being that we're a little light at the linebacker position. Why not put him back there and use his speed to be more effective along with his size? I, you guys laugh. He is I'm playing la- Gunner. He's playing I'm
4: laughing at the question. I'm laughing at Isaiah's reaction, okay? Not People aren't watching. You don't get to see some of the reactions I get to see. That's why I was laughing. I was not playing. laughing. The he's question's not bad question. Sam Williams is a good player. Yeah. I just was laughing at Isaiah's
6: face. Yeah, he's doing a great job at what they're asking him to do. A big portion of coaching is putting your guys in position to be successful based upon their attributes that they possess. Sam Williams does a great job of running straight and fast, yep. and physical and relentless. That's why they put him at Gunner, 260 pounds at the Gunner position, going against 200, 180 to 200 <laughs> pound defensive backs. Yeah, he's dominating at the Gunner position. All these fair catches are not happening by chance. He is forcing fair catches. By uh, my, my boy Matthew Slater, who's been to 172 Pro Bowls out there in New England. The majority of the reasons why he goes to the Pro Bowl every year because he forces fair catches play after play after play, and it's the play that nobody pays attention to because the dude waves his hand, he catches it, and then then you go to commercial, right? But the reason why that guy's fair catching is because there's a large human being standing in front of him that if you don't catch it, he's going to take your head off.
5: He's not standing in front of him. No, he's 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 running. He's He's running at full speed. (laughs) Yeah, so
6: 260 pounds running at Gunner is crazy. (laughs) They put him in position to do that. He's very successful. They put him at the defensive end position to fill in whenever the other guys are rotating out what does he do he's successful as long as he's not making pre-snap penalties and things of that nature yeah. right so they're putting him in positions that he can handle and they're building up his tolerance as they continue to, to as he continues to, to gain their trust Right. The more successful he is in the small bite sites that they're that they're giving him, the more trust that he will earn, and then they'll give him more and more opportunities. Let's not take him out of those elements right now. Let's let him continue to build confidence. Let's not throw him to the Lions wood, you know, Lions, Lions Den at linebacker position. That's a whole new monster. Yeah. You see Michael Parsons at the second level, he looks like a fish out of water. Let's put him back on the defensive end position. That has nothing to say, nothing to do with his abilities as a rusher and an athlete. Positions are are just that. They are specific positions where guys are specialists at linebacker is difficult. It is very difficult. Uh You talk about Vander Esch and his contributions. He's a good, he's a good linebacker, but there's times where Vander Esch is running to the wrong holes because of the reads. You saw the same thing from Micah this past weekend. Micah was at the second level. They did did different runs and Micah was running to the opposite side of where the run was going. It's a hard freaking position to play is high on instincts is high on being able to see and trust your eyes and make decisive decisions. It's difficult, so not everybody can play it. Um, that's why a big shout-out to Marquise Bell for what he's been able to do. He even had a rough game in terms of some of his reads his last game. Um, but what he's been able to do coming down, not having been his primary position, is huge.
5: They're already experimenting with a defensive lineman and moving him back into the second level in and Tyrus um, Wheat. And if there were injuries to happen in that second level, um, then uh, Tyrus Wheat would be one of those guys in the in that second rotation.
3: Yeah. Uh, 214 says, good morning. Can you guys talk about Dak's pocket awareness and presence? Yeah. It looks like he's improved in that area since the San Francisco game.
6: Yeah. His I agree. Work, his footwork's crazy right now. It's crazy. When I say crazy, I mean good. Good. Um, you hear Coach McCarthy talk about that day in and day out and during training camp, talking about how important the footwork is to the position group and what they've done to change the footwork at that position this year. And you're starting to really see that show up. He's, you, he's not – He's, it's such a sense thing, right? You, you sense guys around you. You use your peripheral you know, vision to, to see guys where most people can't see. There's a 270-degree radius you know, in terms of your peripheral vision. You, quarterbacks are able to see that, um, and that is a developed skill, and then your feet have to coincide with what you're seeing right, and what you're mm-hmm. feeling, and it, it becomes a dance. It becomes a dance. Some of the best quarterbacks that we've seen on earth they had great footwork. Drew Brees had great footwork. Tom Brady had great footwork. All these guys, everything started with their feet, and you're starting to see that happen as they get comfortable with this offense. Dak started to really flow around the pocket and moving, and you know, move very, very fluently, and then be able to deliver the ball with confidence.
4: And a factor in that too is. Kind of what you talked about last week with players having confidence, even if you're a star player, like everybody needs confidence in that. I think some of the confidence also comes from the fact that now we got three games in a row with that same starting Mm -hmm. offensive line. I mean, he's got to feel a little bit more comfortable knowing, hey, you know, I can be looking at different things because I I know what I got out here. You know, I trust this group. I'm sure that that's contributed uh, at least a little bit.
5: There were some plays during the uh, Giants game where he was showing some pocket wizardry, mm-hmm. and he's done it a, a few times this wizardry. season. especially coming off out of the uh, out of the bye, uh, he's looked really good in that in that department. But man, yeah, there's you're you're seeing it two one zero. You are definitely seeing it.
3: 315, uh, this is Scott Murdoch from Rochester, New York. He says, There's a lot of chatter from Eagles fans. And of course, whenever it comes from Eagles fans, you got to take it with a grain of salt. They're calling CD Lamb slot boy. (laughs) Acting like his numbers aren't as impressive because he's lining up in the slot a lot. This makes no sense to me. Isn't that a good thing that CD is a versatile weapon and can be moved around?
5: You know who else is slot boy? Tyreek Hill.
3: Fair. I really wish Kansas City would have won a game. Yeah,
6: me
5: too. <laughs> you know who's not slot boy? Marquez Valdez. <laughs> Dang it. Um, that was horrible. Yeah, I mean,
6: appreciate the, the, the,
3: the comment, question, whatever. But Scott, keep keep holding your own. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> That's big. dumb. Slot boy? Really? Oh, he, oh, he went it. for.
4: He knows it because he said me mentioned it. Like, I think it was last week or the week yeah. before that. So that he's like, oh, they're calling me slot. I don't know if he said slot boy or slot, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was after you know he had his like third 150 yard plus game or whatever like that. Yeah. Just when we talked to him during the play. week. He brought it up. So I, yeah, he he's probably hearing that. But he's obviously a complete receiver. And yeah. Even if he was just to play in the slot, go ahead and name name five guys you'd rather have than him. Yeah, that'd be hard. Yeah, that'd be hard right
3: now. And I mean, even Michael Irvin was talking about it a couple of weeks ago. He was up here at the star, and he made the the comment that he has the chance to be the best of all the eighty eight because he can play in the slot. Yeah, know? because he can play outside, nice. he has that back and forth versatility with it. And I think if if Michael Irvin's saying that, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all right. Keep Real catching quick. balls. Keep yeah. keep
4: scoring touchdowns. Uh, what has impressed you most about Ceedee Lamb's game this year? <sighs> I'm not really Some sure. Some of the players talked about his release,
6: so I don't know. Like he off worked the line. a ton of this offseason on his releases. Yeah, I mean, it's a ton. I mean, you see a lot of this Instagram stuff where guys are doing all kinds of craziness. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of that stuff is really just to build your instincts. You know, we talk. I was just talking about instincts in terms of Dak and his footwork. It's the same thing at the receiver position. You can't be thinking yeah. about, hey, if he shoots his hand here, I'm going to do this. Like a lot of that stuff just has to be reactive. Um, and I think when you train yourself over the entire duration of the summer on one particular portion of your craft, all of a sudden that becomes something that you add to your tool belt. And that's something that he's added to his tool belt. People are not able to get their hands on him. If they do get their hands on him, he's getting them off relatively quickly, um, instinctively. Um, and then his focus is on the ball, it's not on the person that's in front of him.
3: I think another thing is the way he attacks the stem of his routes, the way he's able mm-hmm. to, to hit the top of the route and, and create separation. Yeah. yeah. It's... I mean, it, it, it is impressive how much separation he's building.
5: And those things go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah. releases and then top of Footwork. routes being able to create separation. Like There's a lot of the same things that go into both of those things. So, yeah, you can definitely tell he's a little bit more physical, he's a little bit more confident, and his feet are a lot better as well. And all those things combined together, that's, that's what you're getting. You yeah. see him every year, he's adding something. Yeah. Last
6: year, he added size. When he came to camp last year, everybody was like, dang, CD put on some size, <laughs> right? And then this year, you're talking about the releases. Hey, okay, the boys' releases is nice now. So every year, he's, just, he's picking one thing to improve on. It's not like he's trying to attack everything. He's like, okay, let me add this to my game. Let me add this to my game. And that's why you're seeing him just continue to get better. Can it's I really get my impressive. sicko bag?
5: Yeah, can I get my sicko bag for just yeah, a minute? Go for it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, skill trainers that are moving to Houston right now, mm-hmm. like just around around mm-hmm. the country. I don't know why, but there's a lot of them. And he went down to Houston over this offseason, trained with a lot of those guys down there. And there's a lot of really good people down there that are doing good work. And you're seeing that manifested. So, yeah, there's a little bit of credit to the city of Houston and what CeeDee Lamb's been able to do. Well, H Town, love. Yep. Okay. Yep. When draft time comes around, I'll really get my sicko bag and tell you all <laughs> about Houston. these trainers around here in Houston and Dallas. Can't wait. And,
3: Yeah, Yeah. that's a draft show plug right there. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. A little bit of a different look this week. Tomorrow will be our final show of the week prior to the Thanksgiving matchup with the Washington Commanders. We're going to preview both sides of the football. We'll have a defensive preview. We'll have Isaiah's QB vision. Plus, we'll make our Pick'em standings. We'll give you the update on the Pick'em standings tomorrow as well. That does it for us here for Talking Cowboys. Today, though, for Chris Beam, Isaiah Standback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on Talk.